Hello, welcome to Bride Body Family Temple, where we talk about all things church and what it means to be the people of God before watching world. Uh, I am Eric Miller. Recording with me again today is Mr. Conrad Hirschberger. Hey there. I just like that, <laughs> Mr. Matt Rowdy Row. Wow. Hey, Mark Russ Russell. <laughs> so, Mark with a C, by the way, right, just yeah, in case, right. just in case people didn't know. Uh, there's a whole another level of pretension with Mark with a C, but we, true. it's we, almost we, like Eric with a K. I know. Yeah. yeah. Eric with a K and Mark with a C. We got it. Uh, super pretentious <laughs> name spellings here. Um, okay. After that wonderful introduction, we are back for round two, um, about ecclesiology, which really this whole podcast, <laughs> Bright Body Family Temple is about ecclesiology in the church, uh, but more specifically about like ecclesiology built around multi-site, what holds us together. Uh, last time, the things that we mentioned were theological convictions, philosophical convictions is kind of mainly what we talked about, but also today we want to talk about mission and also uh, uh, shared eldership. Towards the end of the last podcast, I mentioned briefly that you know we believe that the church is a group of people uh, committed together around worship, community, and mission. Um and what that looks like, and uh, uh, Mark, you shared some kind of some good thoughts there at the end. Yeah. At the end of that, too, uh, maybe that was even after we were we, we were done <laughs> recording. After. That, yeah, sorry, okay, yeah. To be clear, it wasn't at the end of the podcast. It was uh, after we were done recording. But go it share came, some of those. Thoughts yeah, it kind of came. It kind of came up though in different parts of of the one we recorded. Just the like the question of what what is the church, right? Like in in yeah. essence, what is it? Um, and so you'll hear you'll hear people kind of emphasize the the gathering, the assembly, that idea of uh, being in the same location, um, all at the same time, same place, all of that stuff. And so you'll you'll hear, and that would be more kind of the the people who are going to say multi site maybe is not not a legitimate expression of church. Typically, are seeing it more that way, arguing from that sense. You'll also have other people on the other side who will talk about the essence of the church being more the idea of covenant. So covenant community, um, kind of pulling on the idea of new covenant people of God. That's essentially who they are. Um, but also the idea of a group of people who are committed to each other in specific ways and specific things. And that, that really being the idea that, um, that, that makes up the essence of the church, what it is. And so you would kind of, it came up, when we were done, because you kind of ended on these these ideas of worship, community, and mission, and those would be, I feel like, kind of the the things that we're maybe covenanting or are committed to together, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's what we've taught from day one at Mercy Hill when we talked about even uh, just planting the church, um, and it's what we teach in our partnership classes. Like, there's a way to talk about all that the church is, kind of the maximum, uh, fully mature church, and then there's a way to talk about the church and kind of the... the um, the least common denominator of what the church is. And we believe that at the bare minimum of what church is, is that it's a people uh, committed together around worship community and mission, that we're going to worship Jesus together, hear the word proclaimed uh, together, um, uh, and sharpen each other with the word again. That comes in with some of those like theological convictions, but that we're going to actually, this is our group that we're going to call our church family going to be together, but that we're also going to be living on mission together, not mission, not just doing one thing, but, it, but more of like, even just the way you think about mission, that it's a, it's a mindset that we're living on, uh, on mission all the time. And so, uh, and if you don't have any one of those things, then you don't, uh, have the church, which kind of gets to go back into that conversation about like, if you only have two of those things, like primarily just the, or, or even just one, like just the mission part, I would argue that's a lot of what parachurch is, yeah. is like they're, they're committed mm-hmm. to doing mission together. But they're not committed to 
community and then out of community extrapolating out shared eldership, which is something we wanted to get into, you know, some of those different, different things. Um, that makes sense. You guys got any, got any, th- got any thoughts on that? Um, I think, uh, let's go to that. Let's talk about the idea of, of shared mission. Um, there are, like, I, I know one lady, I'm sure she said growing up, um, when you talked about doing mission, it was more, you, you, you didn't really use the word mission, you used the word evangelism. And evangelism was one very specific thing. It was on a certain night of the week. They would get their tracks together, and they would go around door to door, and they would do evangelism. And they would hand out tracks and just, you know, share the gospel with people. Now, that definitely is evangelism, and it, I'm sure that, uh, you know, it could be effective. But um, sometimes people have, um, when we're talking about the things that hold us together in regards to mission, sometimes people will have very specific things with what they've been taught about what mission or evangelism is. I think, and this is a, goes to this bigger issue, is that I think in regards to ecclesiology, which not just for this conversation, but again, the reason we're doing this entire podcast, is that most people have an ecclesiology that's been caught rather than taught explicitly from the scriptures, right? We all come from different, we have different church experiences if you, if you grew up in the church. And so many times we just think, oh, well, this is just kind of the way the way you do things. I I had a friend who once, it used to be uh, Sunday nights was, uh, he had, there were a couple ladies that would play accordions. And that was like, <laughs> yes. that's what you did. That's like you did, uh, at the Sunday night, at the Sunday night yeah. service. Well, yeah. And so you, 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 you maybe grew up thinking that oh, yeah. it's Sunday night. It's, yeah. it's accordion night. You know, we all have yeah. those kind of uh, specific, for me it was Sunday night. Sometimes the pastor, rather than standing up in the big pulpit, which was a big pulpit, he would come down on the floor, yeah. you know, and teach from yeah. Yeah. music stand. And that was just Wednesday night. We would pledge allegiance to the American flag and then <laughs> pledge allegiance to the Christian flag. <laughs> yeah. So like, the, so again, the, just all the re- of, of what things that are caught, you know, from our experience anyway, back at the, uh, the mission conversation. So that, that, so that, that's my fault. That, it went, it went, I got me a Mountain Dew uh, before we were recording. I thought that would help, but it's, it has not helped. Um, but let me lock in here. But the idea of mission, um, mission isn't just one thing, but it's more the way that we think about it is that we are all committed together to prioritizing the mission of Jesus Christ. And that is sharing the gospel and making disciples who make disciples. And so uh, one of the things we touched on as we ended last time, but even like the difference between like kind of uh, gospel mission and like social justice mission is another really big one in the church. Just like we talked last time about kind of like attractional yeah. versus versus missional. You also have have that. We're throwing all the big yeah. boys out today. Yeah. I like it. Even with, <laughs> even with missional, I think it's, uh, so in some ways in my mind, it comes back to even what we were saying earlier about kind of the first, the, identity of the church um, and not just thinking about defining the church in terms of what just the specific things they do. So that would be more like you were describing how we, how I think a lot of times we think about mission. It's just these kind of things that we, we do at certain times we put together events or whatever. Um, but the idea of, of mission being first and like an, a corporate identity, the church is, the church is missional. It, do, it doesn't just have a mission to go out and do. It is mission. Um, it's first because God has a mission that the church comes about. That's, 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 uh, that's who they are. That's how they've come to be. And, um, and so that really being, I, I just think that's a helpful kind of 
uh, order to think about it in. And, and again, talking about defining the church, thinking about it in those terms of identity and not just certain things we do. And then you ask the question, what does it look like? Well, it's, it's everything. You know what I mean? Like if it's who we are, then this is, this is the underlying, uh, reason why for, for everything that we do and should influence all of that. Well, and just, yeah. And, and so if you're, uh, if your definition of mission is going door to door, handing out tracks on a certain night of the week, you're obviously thinking about mission in a way that is different than, you know, what we might be thinking about it. We're not saying that it's wrong to do that, but again, we're saying these are the things though, that, uh, are things that unite a local church that we're committed to doing things, um, a certain way. And yet for us, it definitely is the idea of more of an identity thing where we're living on mission. We don't have like, I, I've been, we've been asked a few times, um, sometimes by people that are, are coming new to the church, but also by, um, sometimes people outside the church, they're like, what are you doing for outreach? And, and so, and sometimes my initial response is like, nothing, not, 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 not that we're, but it's not that we're not, it's that our out, like our people are, are the outreach, like every day yeah. that we want them to be living on mission. And, and again, some of that becomes semantics and stuff. Uh, but I do think that it, it kind of, def- like I, when I said, I feel guilty about it, I don't feel guilty about it. I'm just, because again, this is where we're, where we're living, what we're trying to train people to do is to, is to live continually, you know, uh, there's also a huge, there's also a huge question and you kind of hinted at this with like the kind of, you know, social justice type stuff or whatever people will, people will define the mission differently as well. Like, so even asking the question, well, what is, what is the mission of the church? What is God's mission? And what we're arguing is that it, it is make disciples. We say that all the time. And everything else flows under that. So it's not that it's not that evangelism is not part of it. It is part of it, but it's it's under the larger umbrella of making disciples. And part of what we but part of the idea in discipleship is not it's not just the okay, come believe for the first time, but it's actually what we are now to be growing in, maturing in. What does the disciple look like and do? Well, it is someone who goes out. That's actually assumed, I think, in, in the Great Commission that they are going out. But when they go out, they're they're spreading the gospel, they're evangelizing, they're teaching people uh, everything that Jesus commanded, all of those things, baptizing them, and so. But but all of those things actually hang under this one, this one idea of making disciples. So even that is a very because because you can see if it's the social justice and all that. So there's other things too, but like they'll actually define that as the mission. So now that is the primary responsibility of church. What we should be about, um, and it's just, I think a lot of times not necessarily that those. Some of those, I know it's a huge conversation. Some of those things aren't part of it. It's just placing them in the right. No, the right well, place. it isn't. It matters because here's here's why it matters. Is because um, it, it's not that we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Meaning, like, can we can we share the gospel with people and can we also um, feed the hungry and take care? Of, yeah, yeah, we absolutely right, yeah, can. Yeah. But if you're going to press us, there is a priority to those to those things, and that is that you know we ter- care about all types of suffering, especially eternal suffering, which is why we want to share the gospel with people ultimately. Um, oh, shoot, I just lost, lost my train of thought. Oh, but to do one thing is to not do another thing sometimes. So if you're going to prioritize really doing a lot of social justice stuff, it's, it's sometimes by default means that you're not going to spend as much time uh, on something else. Now, can you, you know, meet needs and then share the gospel with people? Yeah, you can, but um, we have to make clear, you know, uh, what's supposed to be uh, clear and what's and what's ultimately important. 
Um, and you know, the mission of the church, it's not like it has to be the end of absolutely everything that we're doing. Like, why are we wanting people to study the Bible? Why are we wanting people to grow, you know, in maturity, uh, in their faith? Why are we wanting to them to grow in progressive sanctification and, in, in, um, you know, walking with the Lord and hopefully, um, uh, progressively, although never perfectly, you know, getting set free from, uh, uh, addiction and, and, and things like that. The end of everything is mission. Like if, if, if maturity doesn't involve, you know, going like becoming mature and gaining more, you know, knowledge and gospel truth and all those things in order to share it, um, then what are we, then what are we doing? Um, yeah. I, I think too, you know, and we talked earlier, the earlier podcast about theology, but honestly, my theology drives the mission. And what I mean, theology bleeds all the way through. What yeah. I mean by that is like, you know, like, you know, there are, there are certain, denominations even even some of the things like i was raised in you better go out and do the mission out of obligation and into and to keep your salvation to yeah. you know some of them will go that far to say that <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know all of a sudden it becomes this this burden that is placed on you 100%. and this thing you wear around your neck and you better do it otherwise we don't know if you're really a Christian. Yeah. We don't know if you're, you know, and that's that's the motivating factor of the mission. Hopefully that will never happen in Mercy Hill. And, you know, it should be a privilege of what we do together. It it, it should be coming out of abundance, out of, out of the overflow of what Jesus Christ has already done for us. That's why we live on mission, not because it's an obligation. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, it's just, that's actually, I feel like really helpful. And I know it was some of the conversation we had on the previous one, but like, pulling together in a helpful way a good example of why all of this stuff matters and how you see expressed differently. That's a very like, so one way of thinking about mission that is much more about what you do and not necessarily who we are starting, but even that's a very gospel centered like conviction. And you think about earlier too, the conversation around, we, we brought up eternal security as a, as a theological, like an example of something that, that uh, would be something to unite around. And you can see how in very practical ways, where you land on that motivates the life of the church. That, that whole thing was, uh, it was motivated by this idea of like, you need to, you need to keep salvation basically, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so go do this thing. And on both sides of that, it's, it's telling of different convictions and decisions churches make, but, but it matters. Yeah. Well, all of this, so theological convictions, philosophical convictions, um, missional convictions and shared mission. And again, these, there's overlap on all those things. The, uh, the other um, kind of pillar in this conversation in regards to what holds us together as a church is shared leadership or more specifically eldership. And the reason that really ties in with all these is because elders, part of their role is to set the example and to uh, bring clarity to what is important and to what we're to be pursuing. I, do we just, is mission a one night a week thing where we hand out tracks or is it a lifestyle that we live in, you know, is it that we, you know, preach a 15 minute topical sermon or that we preach for 45 minutes to an hour, you know, verse by verse, leadership both defines and, uh, part of the role is that they both define and keep culture. Now, ultimately again, what are we just making stuff up? No, we're trying, we're trying to go back, uh, to the Bible and, and again, to give reasons why, let me just give, um, uh, a couple of, uh, scriptures here and again the idea here being is one of the things that unites us together as a church even though we have two sunday morning gatherings is that we're committed to shared eldership okay 
Um, and I can tell you that we, if, if there's ever a day where Mercy Hill West rolls off and we, you know, replant it as an independent church, the, the primary defining thing will be that there will be a plural, a plurality of elders out there uh, that uh, uh, wants to, you know, take it over and 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 expand. That would be the kind of the main thing. But let me give let me give a couple verses here, just in regards to this idea of leadership setting the culture, what they do, and also. Um, that this was uh, key in the local church. This is a, a couple of verses here that, quite honestly, are uh, they're uncomfortable, at least as an elder, to to share. Not that I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to share it. I'm not uncomfortable with it, but it makes you a little bit like, uh, you know, it, it maybe sounds self-aggrandizing or something, or a little bit harsh. But and I think we shy away from it. But again, it's in the Word of God, um, and so it's important. But uh, Hebrews thirteen seven says, "Remember your leaders." Those who spoke to you the word of God consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Uh, a few verses later in chapter 13, verse 17, he says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So one of the things that we press on uh, just even in regards to becoming a partner at Mercy Hill, um, even outside of the multi-site conversation, is that one of the things you're saying if you become a partner is that you want to be shepherded by us. Again, not just one guy. We believe in a plurality of elders. Um, he had mentioned there in that Hebrews passage as well, too, um, about that we're going to uh, we're going to give an account. We're keeping watch over your souls. Uh, give an account to who? Well, First Peter 5, he says, So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, that's who we're going to give account to. And when the chief shepherd appears, and by the way, that's Jesus, if you didn't know, he says, you will receive the unfading uh, crown of glory. But again, elders are people that they're trying the best they can to know uh, to know the flock, to know the people, and allow the, allow the people to know them. Um, just real practically, like uh, even if you are one, like even, you know, just at one, just at the, at the theater for us, or just at one site before we even took on Mercy West, you know, if we got between three and 400 people, I'm constantly... Like I playing catch up, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know everybody. So it's a, it's a continual work in progress, which is why there needs to be more than one guy. There needs to be multiple guys. We're always trying to grow, you know, uh, at every level and bring more elders on to, uh, to help, um, rule well. But yet there is a level on which going to the multi-site conversation, you can know people at both places. I mean, Matt, you're out there every week where yeah. we, and we don't just meet with people on Sunday mornings. We, nope. you know, nope. uh, there's a group of guys <laughs> get together with during the week. And yeah, so you can speak to that a little bit, just about getting to know people from an eldership perspective. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we found it was, you know, as, as, especially when we started out there, having at least an elder on the ground at every, every service out there was pretty vital yeah. um, just for the connection with people. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, it is every, you know, it's not just Sunday. I mean, and, and I think I, I speak for that for the rest of us as elders. You know, we we don't just see people on Sunday morning and then say peace out. 
we don't meet with you the rest of the week. I know you, Eric, have have a lot of meetings throughout the week with people, as do I. I know Conrad meets with a lot of people through the week. I know, Mark, you've been doing a great job of meeting with people and touching base with people as well. And so it's with both locations, the theater and the West, that we, we all have different meetings with them. Yeah. I also think there's something, too, like it's uh, – it, it – <coughs> For a lot of reasons, I think it's easy to just kind of like we assess our current time and situations and in, in a vacuum kind of and um, even just on an individual le- level, like I know, I know this happens to me a lot and you kind of have to zoom out and think, uh, think bigger, but you just process things through your own experience a lot of times too. I think yeah. that's very real. Um, but, and this isn't necessarily like a, you know, church history has tons of success stories and also tons of failures and so we don't just run to church history and kind of use that as the the trump card or whatever but but we have seen that like this is a real reality i think across history that um it it wasn't always as easy for people and convenient to drive 30 40 minutes you know across town to the church that like it they were very they were much more constricted by geographically and so you would have situations where just because just because of the nature of life really like you'd have you'd have elders preachers traveling to different towns preaching in these different different churches and but all at the same time still identifying as one under under that and uh and same thing too i think there's some there's some good i think arguments from a i know we've talked about missions and stuff but from a missionary perspective and context where you see a lot of the same stuff played out in in other countries or other other environments where again a lot of the same dynamics are at play there's really not the ability and convenience to to gather across you know large large uh bigger areas and so you do have this dynamic where uh church leaders are traveling to different towns preaching caring for people all that and so all that to say like i just think it is helpful to fill in the picture a little bit um that that it's I don't know. It, it, we are in it. We are in a unique context here because of the convenience and the things that we're able to do, just culturally, that are not are not have not been the same across all of time and even even our current day in different countries and stuff. But still, the ways that church has seen it as a legitimate way to operate. And so, yeah, we uh, the, it, what, let's go to the Bible for a second with. Um, uh, I, what I'm about to say is not, uh, this is going to pick up on what Mark was saying, um, but also uh, I'm not going to say this is like an apples to apples, like uh, what Paul's describing here is necessarily multi-site, but I'm saying it, I think it gives a little bit of a grid for it, but, um, you know, we spent 2023 going through the book of Romans. At the beginning of the letter, you know, Paul says to all those in Rome who are loved by God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. A few verses later, he talks about um, longing to see them, that he may impart some sort of spiritual uh, gift to them, um, and how he's he's eager to preach the gospel uh, to them, even though they they were believers. Again, there's a lot to be said there about just how the gospel isn't just for unbelievers; it it strengthens um, the hearts of God's people uh, because the righteous uh, live by faith. All of life is one that's lived by faith. But then, uh, towards the end of his letter, you know, he's writing to kind of this this one church. Uh, so to speak, and yet at the end of his letter in chapter 16, there's some there's some fascinating kind of uh, 
what I call leftovers sometimes in regards to these little passages that um, are just kind of a list of names with a few little details in them, and they and they just kind of get uh, uh, passed over. But there's some good stuff in there. But he he says in uh, Romans chapter 16, then at the end of his letter, verse three, he says, "Greet uh, Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom." Not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Then he says, greet also the church that is in their house. Um, uh, later on in verses 15, or I'm sorry, in verses 14 and also 15, he says, greet uh, Syncritus, Phlegion, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Then in verse 15, he says, greet uh, Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Now, as we were going through that towards the end of last year, almost all the commentaries said that, you know, when he says, you know, in verse 5, he says, and the church in their house, but then later on when he says, and the brothers who are with them, and then lists some more people, and the saints who are with them, almost all of them agree that these are probably other little kind of clusters uh, or little, little house churches that were meeting together, and yet he's also writing to them in Rome, as kind of one church. Now, again, I'm not trying to say like apples to apples, like that equates to multi-site, but I'm saying there's like some movement here to where he's writing to them as one church. And yet there were these different gatherings, um, in homes, in some different spots who, you know, kind of had some, some other people, you know, kind of leading in certain places. And yet they were united, uh, by they, like Paul kind of assumes that they all know each other. And so he says to, uh, to greet them, um, but again, they were held together by more. Here's my point. They were held together by more than just being in the same building for one hour a week at the same time. That's my, that's my point. You buying that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that it's, uh, again, when you get into the nitty gritty of what is, uh, of what's being said in the way the early church kind of rolled with some of that stuff, it's, it's interesting to, to look at some of those things. Um, Timothy is another interesting example uh, with, you know, the letters of 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus are often referred to as the pastoral epistles, but really Timothy and Titus weren't pastors in kind of the traditional sense in which we think of. They were more like apostolic co-workers, and Paul would kind of leave them behind and um, in different places to kind of, you know, steady the church and then appoint some elders and then and then kind of move on. Um, but I say all that just because I think that there's there's a lot more fluidity and kind of like a, the church is a little bit more to really be effective needs to be a little bit more amorphous than than super rigid on things. And again, I think it's all for the for the sake of mission. I think when the church becomes super rigid, it actually loses some of its uh, effectiveness. It's interesting, yeah. I think I, I, I mean, you definitely see it. Um, again, in in the Bible, I think in the early church, I think even across history, I don't. And this is where maybe it it is somewhat of a contextual conversation. I don't know. I'm kind of just throwing this out for thoughts too. But like, is it a? Would you um? W- would you argue on either side of like it being a some of those things like a aspect of of maturity or this is just kind of how the church rolls you know what i mean like e- even now in our context we're still about church planning we think that's part of it and so in that sense even in a, in a 
in a context like the United States where the church has been established. It's been around for a long, it's not a new area, but, but you also have the dynamic of the church is still going out. It's still reproducing. We're still planting churches. And so from that standpoint, you're always going to kind of have this dynamic that we're talking about around it. It's not, those things aren't something that you, you just mature out of. And it's only, it's only relevant as the gospel is coming to a brand new place. And you kind of just fighting for survival. You know what I mean? But, but it is going to be part of it because we're always going out. Does that make sense what I'm getting at? Yeah. Well, I, what I hear you saying is and where I would go with that is that, um, many times it's like, it's like two or three places down in regards to how we think about church, but central to the whole idea of church is something we talked about earlier. And that is mission. Like I, I think throughout, as you, as you look at the church throughout history in different places, even in the world today, you know, there, there are churches that meet and it's not, it, it doesn't work for them to just have a building and meet at a certain right. hour on Sunday mornings because it's not because it's yeah. not it's not safe it's not feasible it doesn't it doesn't work but the church but the the ecclesia the assembly they are still assembling but sometimes they're assembling in smaller groups and homes other times they're able to all come together mm-hmm. and they're able you know to assemble but they're committed to one another um, to doing you know worship community and mission uh, together um, in some way for the sake of the gospel uh, in that area and I think that excuse me my point is just I think that that's that that's by design that as christ is building his church um sometimes we can uh get uh off focus on what's really important and that but the point of the church is to make Mm -hmm. disciples who make disciples and i think that that is i think that there's room for a different expression yeah it's good in, in, in some of that but there are certain some of these core things that hold us we're trying to say you have to you have to define it in a way that it it's actually like feasible in in yeah. every kind of, because it's much bigger than that and it, and it is well, it is intended to be everywhere well, and um it's got to work like well let's look at our context in America where the ch- where Christianity as a whole is in very steep decline okay so what do you have what are you left with you're left with a lot of uh church buildings and perhaps a few faithful people um that are looking for somebody to lead them or to revitalize them but uh, for all intents and purposes, they're just hanging on by a thread, perhaps because you have again the steep uh, decline. Well, if we're coming into this context, which is not which is here around us, but it's also in many places, both uh, rural and urban. Um, if we're thinking of this as mission, is what needs to be done? Well, let's start with some people you know that maybe are true believers where they're at, maybe a little group that is hanging on, and let's talk about revitalization and what that and what that looks like um and uh would i be tickled pink if mercy hill west is someday its own thriving independent church sure absolutely like like i think as we continue to ask these questions what does it mean for everybody to be healthy is there qualified leadership eldership out there do they have are you know are they clear on solid do they have solid theological convictions philosophical convictions or is it going to be more effective for them to do mission together on their own then sure because it's about the kingdom of god it's not about the name mercy hill or anything else um uh but again we have to ask the right question in order to get in order to get to the right answer uh and you also i think just pass over uh i don't you know like if a if a imagine if your only grid for a human was a fully grown person like a mature man, man or woman and here comes a baby and you're like, 
nope, not a human. Doesn't, <laughs> do, 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 doesn't count. Doesn't, you know, no. not going to treat. Well, no. well, no, they're just not, they're just not mature, but you have to, and they're not all that they're going to be. Well, that's where the church is many times. It's not, it's not all that it, it, it will be potentially, but you have to, you have to work with it. And I think to be super rigid with it, like got to have a building, got to have all the elders immediately in place. You got to have programs. You got to have, you know, a Sunday morning service at this set time. You know, I, I mean, it's it weird. It is. I agree. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? Questions, comments, concerns, complaints, criticisms. If not, we will bring this one to a close. Um, again, we hope that this has been helpful in helping you think through uh, what the church is, and especially for those of you at Mercy Hill um, that are listening, just uh, in regards to uh, what God has called us to do in this season. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.